Theater of Energy Activism, interview with David Schwartz, episode 74. David Schwartz is a theater director, lecturer, and activist. He holds a PhD, wrote and produced plays focused on the impact of energy prices and the shuttering of coal mines in Romania. Welcome to the My Energy 2050 podcast, where we speak to the people building a clean energy system by 2050. I'm your host, Michael LaBelle. This week, we have a special guest, at least from my perspective, with David Schwartz, because here we examine the theater in relation to the energy sector. So how does the theater fit within the energy transition? As policymakers are discovering, society does matter. And unfortunately, this is more true in some countries than others. David's focus on Romania deals with the economic transition that the people have experienced. His productions highlight the plight of people unable to afford the bare essentials to exist in a modern society. And then really, the, the transition from communism to capitalism has really brought out this disparity between the different types of systems and the impact of pe- on people. From my experience, when I think about the policymaking and promises that come from national politicians, and even at the EU level, I often think about what is the real impact on the ground for people on the economic margins. David has created plays reflecting these personal and local struggles. On one hand, David comes across as a radical instigator of performative art. But as you'll hear in part of our conversation, he takes the real experiences of people and presents it through theatrical performances. And what is more true than the real experiences of people or even fictional representations drawn from real experiences? I think as an academic, I often get caught up in the policy or technology aspects of the energy transition. And I don't know, I don't see those that suffer in energy poverty. When we hear about big policies and money to assist vulnerable groups like that in the EU's social climate fund, it's planned to be 87 billion euros and all the, there's all these big plans for it. Well, I have my serious doubts about how this money will be distributed. From my conversation with David, you'll also get an impression he likewise holds limited faith in governments and how it properly assists citizens. I think the theater plays an important role in bringing out the need for greater assistance and a focus on, I would say, humanity and the role that the energy system plays in people's lives. When I say you'll hear part of our conversation, I have to admit I had a bit of a technical difficulty with part of the interview, so I didn't get like essentially the middle part of our conversation. So I apologize both to David and you for this failure. But I can certainly attest to David's in-depth knowledge and research skills at collecting and understanding how people experience and suffer from energy bills. That The fact that he brings this to the stage demonstrates his skills in capturing social phenomena that we often only read about and is hard to experience. So my profound respects goes out to David and those working with him to raise this issue in a more engaging format that is usually emotionally detached from reality. And before we begin, I want to thank Roxana Bucata for putting me in touch with David and all her work in organizing the other interviews I've done in Romania, or I did in Romania, in November 2022. A final note, this interview was done for my 2022 role as an Open Society University Network Senior Fellow at Chatham House, the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Funding was generously provided to produce the podcast for the episodes 
recorded in 2020 and 22. So I still have a few more in my back pocket and I'm releasing those now. And now for this week's episode. I'm here today with David Schwartz, a theater director here in Bucharest. And David, uh, we'll just get right into it. We've had a great conversation walking around, working to find the, the cafe. Um, my first question to you is, how did you, I mean, I don't know how to say this because usually I, I interview people working in academia and policy, but what you do and what you write about in the arts area, I think is really relevant for the podcast. And this is why I wanted to talk to you today. So how did you begin in the, the field of arts? Maybe I'll frame it like that. I, uh, I have uh, studied uh, theater directing at the university here in Bucharest. And uh, from, uh, well, it all started, I guess, uh, because uh, both me and some colleagues of mine uh, were really unhappy with the theater we were seeing uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the city or in Romania. Um, because and so this was um, more than 15 years ago and uh, we were we felt and we thought uh, that um, the theater that was uh, made back then uh, was really so much art for art's sake and uh, was really not not really connected with the contemporary realities and with the social and political aspects uh, of, uh, of the society we live in and um, I guess uh, from this uh, from this uh, feeling of um, unhappiness and even of revolt, I would say, mm, towards uh, these huge amounts of money that were uh, spent, uh, state money that were spent on a theater, which was not really relevant, or it was not really relevant in our opinion uh, for uh, for many categories of people. Uh, started the idea to to do it differently, to do a different kind of theater, to do a different kind of art, an art that is more uh, politically engaged, uh, an art that is uh, that uh, aims to discuss the structure of the society, the causes of the problems or the struggles in the society, that aims to represent uh, perspectives uh, that are, uh, let's say. Um, counter uh, um, that are um, not uh, so that are uh, that oppose uh, the mainstream perspective and uh, so that's how we actually started we started quite uh, radical for that time for Romania um, by going uh, in the neighborhood uh, in a just this rather working-class neighborhood in uh, Bucharest to do theater in the street there with the people there so really get uh, as far away as possible from the institutionalized bourgeois uh, center <laughs> so, so, so wait so like you just set up the theater in the street we that, that was the beginning we just uh -huh, we set uh -huh. up we we just uh, we came with a bunch of young uh, actors and actresses uh, and uh, with a very simple props uh, and uh, setup uh, and uh, we did it uh, with the theater in the park uh, or in a square uh, so I guess that that was our and we did it it was quite uh, socially engaged as well it was about uh, evictions that were taking place in the neighborhood and uh, we it was uh, we involved the people in the neighborhood people who are going to be evicted to be part of the of the performance and we had uh, debates as well and protests as well so it was quite an uh, activist uh, an activist uh, theater that we have uh, proposed of course now after 15 years this uh, has 
become quite mainstream in Romania as well. So it's not something that only I am doing or only me and a couple of other people are doing uh, now. Uh, now it's almost uh, now uh, 15 years later. It's uh, even in the mainstream, the national theater. It's mm, quite normal to see and political attitude uh, in a performance uh, but it was quite different it was quite different uh, when we when we have uh, started so yeah that's 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 a beginning so no I'm amazed by uh, that you're able and now even this political theater is going on I'll just mention in Hungary because yeah it's not allowed anymore but but that's not the topic of our podcast but um, my uh, the, the focus though um, for the podcast is on energy and so then how did you come to understand that energy and I, I just say energy right and I know we can talk about coal and we can talk about households but maybe how did you come to see energy as an important political economic subject that you can bring to the theater well uh, I guess it, uh, it developed I mean it was not uh, something that I had in mind from the beginning it just went from uh, one topic to another uh, for example, if we talk about coal, uh, you may uh, know that uh, we did a performance about the situation of the coal mines and the coal mines area in Giu Valley mm -hmm. in uh, in Romania, and we did this um, ten years ago. Uh, so at the beginning, uh, at that time, I haven't uh, started uh, from the from the idea that energy is something really meaningful from the development of society, but sort of the other way around, looking at the people. And how mm -hmm. do the um, changes in the energy uh, in the energy system mm -hmm. affect uh, the lives of the people and the lives of a whole community? Uh, so that was our our first uh, our this our performance that we did in 2012 was called Underground. Uh, it was about the lives and experiences of uh, people who live in these mining areas that have been basically abandoned by the by the state. So uh, that was the, my let's say the first project uh, that I have worked on that involved uh, a relation to energy, but it was not directly about energy, yes, but rather yes, about yes. the consequences. But then, uh, and uh, now maybe coming ten years, ten years later, coming yes. to the present day. Um, the idea to do a performance about uh, energy and uh, which is also the performance that uh, we have done it's called uh, energia vital vital energy, uh -huh. energy. Um, it's not I, I I would I want to state that it's not about energy but it's rather about the the crisis of the energy prices okay excellent so uh -huh. that's what actually interested uh, interested uh, yeah. me because uh, I and actually from two years ago I started to un, to, to, to see and to read and to see that uh, there is this uh, huge uh, growing in the energy prices that's going on all over Europe but in Romania more than in other countries and uh, I was actually it came from a very personal curiosity I was uh, very eager to understand what the hell is going on okay <laughs> you know well did you feel it yourself in your own bills or how did you well, um, uh, uh -huh. of course, uh, I of course yes, we felt uh -huh. it in our own bills, uh, but uh, it was uh, not uh, only that it affected me, but rather the news that came. For example, we had in Romania we had several cases of people who killed themselves because they couldn't afford to pay the bill. Wow. It was actually we had two cases uh -huh. of people who wrote uh, their goodbye message on the bill. 
Really? Uh, yes. So it was. So it's really. It was really. So and those uh, those uh, news were quite uh, shocking. And then we had this uh, other situation in the last uh, winter when uh, some schools closed and they kept uh, doing online education because uh -huh. they couldn't afford to pay the bills. Yes. Uh, and then there was a situation with a hospital that couldn't afford to pay. Uh, yeah. uh, to pay. And now it's, uh, of course, generalizing this situation. Probably th this winter there will be many, many schools that will not be able to do, uh, uh, that will need to go to online. No, no, in, in Hungary so as well. Absolutely. It's I the same it's way. Yes. It's, uh, uh -huh. Probably yes. in many countries in, uh -huh. in Europe is the same, the same situation uh, and uh, in Germany for example they even talk about uh, stopping the theaters in winter at yes all. yeah so, uh, so, uh -huh. they will, so probably they will not uh, they will not have performances uh, during the during the winter because as you may know that theaters are big consumers of energy because of the lighting systems yes uh, but uh, can we stop there for a sec uh, can, can I just say um, maybe to back up a bit, like the closing of schools, the closing of theaters in the winter time. Uh, so my question to you, I have my own ideas on this, but but why is that so bad? Especially like the theater, we can live without the theater, can't we? We can live without anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It depends how we, if we see, do we see uh, culture as a vital part of our society, or we do not? In uh, I. I do believe that uh, there are uh, there is I do believe that there is uh, public goods and there mm -hmm. are public goods mm -hmm. and I do believe that there are uh, very uh, that there are some basic necessities uh, which are important for the um, physical and mental and mm -hmm. uh, spiritual development of a human being. Um, I am a theater artist. Uh, I believe that theater is one of those. <laughs> of course, yes. uh, many people can uh, can. Uh, debate this and uh, but uh, we have seen this uh, we had almost two years without theater already only yeah. with the online theater because of the pandemic crisis and um, I would say that the consequences were not that good I would say and also I would say that theater is uh, of all arts is probably the only art uh, which is totally dependable of a meeting face to face Mm -hmm. and yes. of actually being in the same space uh, between with the artists and the audience and uh, among audiences, uh, among the audience, uh, the people themselves. And I would say that uh, in this time, in, the, in this time of uh, going more and more online and more and more isolated as well, it becomes even more crucial than it was uh, 20 or uh, 50 years ago. Yes. But, of course, it's my subjective perspective. No, 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 but, but I'll just point to our meeting here, mm -hmm. right? I, I was able to come here to Bucharest physically and meet with you. I mean, yeah, during COVID, we would do an online interview or something. But now I appreciate and I feel like I'm getting so much more out of meeting with people physically uh, and just by being together physically rather than doing things online. That's right. it, it's a completely different experience. It's Mm -hmm. uh, be a very big part of the communication between people is not what we say, but it's uh, the language uh, and it's the gestures and the emotions and these things. Uh, some of them can be perceived online. Some of them obviously cannot. So uh, we, I'm sure that we lose a lot by not meeting uh, live yes. or in, in person. And uh, so coming back to why is theater important? <laughs> yes, yeah, so exactly. This is this is my uh -huh. this is my my answer. You know. Okay. And so could you um, maybe tell us, give us a bit of a background about the the first performance? It was underground, I believe. Um, 
and then the second the energy vitala uh, about mm-hmm. what what were the storylines or what were they about so in, uh-huh. uh, the first day underground uh, so it was uh, based on uh, interviews so it's um, basically it's um, a structure of uh, monologues uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that were uh, uh, verbatim actually so word by word uh, mm, based oh. on uh, the interviews uh, with uh, several people in uh, in the Jiu Valley area and uh, Mm, we try to uh, we try to do a sort of uh, anthropological theater work uh, in which uh, to see uh, if uh, through these uh, uh, testimonies uh, we can get a mm, broader perspective of how does the society look like uh, how does the situation look like in a city where all the mines are closing in a city in a town or, a, or yes, several yes. towns or in no city in several towns uh, that uh, were dependent uh, on the uh, mining uh, on the mining um, activity and uh, in which uh, the state didn't have a plan b yeah there was no there plan was no b, plan there, b. Was nothing, yeah. there was nothing yeah there was nothing so basically what happened was that the mines were closing and the people had no uh, actually had no way to, to to find new jobs so it was basically a destructuring mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. of the community and of the of the respective society and we tried to see in how how do people uh, struggle with it how do they see it is it how how do they perceive the mining activity what were the um, strong points and what were the really bad points of the mining yes activity. and this was in the 1990s no. wasn't it when yes, they this happened think, mm-hmm. between 19 basically it happened between 1997 and the 2000s okay so uh-huh. the first the, because what happened it was that in uh, 1996 the regime changed became a, a, a more uh, right-wing more liberal more uh, Euro- western europe oriented uh, regi- political regime and uh, they engaged uh, to uh, close the mines okay yes in uh, so th- and in, two- in uh, 1997 there was this first uh, first uh, big um, how is it called in english uh, this uh, big um, uh, like privatization l- or it, it was not a privatization well, but the uh, they fired a lot of people okay, okay. so they gave uh-huh. this uh, act this political act uh, yes. uh, through which uh, they fired uh, basically around 50 to 80% of the oh. of the miners between 1997 and uh, then 2010 i think okay uh, okay so uh, when we uh, when we did the research there in 2011 mm-hmm. uh, most of the mines were closed or were closing and the ones that were functioning were functioning at very low capacity okay uh, and uh, we were interested to see how do the people uh, take this, what's going on, and how does this affect the families? Because there were very bad situations, yeah. uh, or very, very complicated. For example, in many and uh, many of the workers, as it happened in the West, I think when they closed the mines, many were not able to really adapt. Uh, many uh, went to big depressions uh, yeah. that were uh, treated with alcohol, yes. and this uh, there came. A bigger problems. The yeah. women started to sort of uh, sort of take uh, uh, control of the families, which was a very interesting and good yes. part. Uh-huh. But uh, most of them went to work abroad because they couldn't find work uh, in in Romania. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the families split. 
and you have mm -hmm. new problems uh, yes. coming from there. Many of the workers uh, went uh, back. Uh, many of the workers were actually uh, they came from the from the countryside. They came from the villages to work in the mines. So okay. then they came. They went back to their village. But in their village, the relatives told them, "What, what are you doing here? You have no <laughs> land. We cannot give you the land." Oh, that I was see. The yes. Deal. So there were big problems fighting uh, around the around the land between the peasants that stay there, stay yes. there and uh, the miners who are going back to agriculture or trying to, trying go, to back go back to agriculture so you have you had all this uh, very very complicated and uh, i think very interesting but uh, in the same time uh, really uh, terrible yes uh, social uh, conflicts Okay. Uh, following the following the closing uh -huh. of the mines, so that was the that was the, what what this was that is what the show was about. Okay, and so so you mm -hmm. yeah you conducted interviews and then made them into monologues for mm -hmm. for actors to perform. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And then what was the the reaction or the um, I don't want to say acceptance, but what what did people think of the play at the time? Well, I, uh, now it had it had a quite a big success. Even uh, mm -hmm. by now, we still we still perform it. Oh, really? We still okay. perform it. Yes, uh -huh. ten years after, uh -huh. we actually on Sunday we had a performance with a oh. full house. <laughs> so oh, excellent! People are still uh, yes. are still eager to see it. So the people for the people in Bucharest, it was uh, something uh, obviously different. It was quite a shock. Uh, it's also that. There is a, this thing that we should talk about uh, to understand the whole context. Uh, uh, in 1990, in Bucharest, there was this huge, there were these huge student riots, mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. state called yeah. the miners uh, in to make order. Yes, let's yes. say. Uh -huh. And uh, there were huge fightings between students and miners in 1990 in Bucharest. So the image of the miners here in Bucharest. It was very much connected, maybe still oh. is, but 10 years ago even more. It was very much connected with this uh, image of the brute of this uh, miner who has uh, no uh, brain and is beating up uh, the emancipated wow. students. Yes. Um, and uh, these miners as a... As uh, reminiscences of communism uh, and of the old regime, and so on and so forth. Of course, this is there is a huge lie around this uh, because yes. uh, not even 10% of the miners came to oh, Bucharest. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, obviously, and of, uh -huh. and of the ones that came, not all of them beat people up and so right, on. Obviously, right. but the image is like this, and it was very much perpetrated by an, uh -huh. the right-wing intellectual elite. Oh, in okay, Romania. Okay. So you uh -huh. have these um, very important intellectual figures uh, who talk about the miner as a brute uh, or oh. the miners as barbarians and so on and so forth. There is even a very, uh, um, there is a film by this very appreciated Romanian uh, film director, Lucian Pintilie. It, it, uh, has, it's uh, from 1994, uh, which pictures the miners as this brutes and crazy and uh, murderers and uh, and Jeez. so on so the the image was really it was this uh, right this but it was the example of the regime at the time setting one part of society against another part of it society was a set, yes it was uh -huh. it, it was it was uh, it was this uh, it was this uh, 
huge diversion by the by the political regime at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And but it's very complicated. I will not yeah, get yeah. into it okay, because okay. No, there were different fine. factions in the yes. regime that are fighting among each other. It's, okay. it's very complicated. Yes. But bringing that to Bucharest then to it perform to Bucharest, it. Yes, uh -huh. the, the performance. Yes. Uh, so many people were. Um, for many people, I guess it was a revelation. Okay, so this is what happened after. Ah, uh, yeah, right. So this, right, this, these right. are the consequences. Okay, so these people are people as well. Yes. They have their own lives, they have their own children, their own parents, their own families, their own struggles. Yes. So uh, I would say it was quite, uh, it was quite uh, strong. Yes. But uh, maybe even more interesting or as interesting was uh, when we performed uh, the shows in Jiu uh, Valley area. So when we did it for, uh, for the audiences uh, that... Uh, uh, that were part of our research, let's say, um, and it was there. Granda, it was quite, quite, quite uh, amazing that uh, we had the people whose stories were uh, transmitted in the show, who came to see the performance, okay. and they were really intervening during the performance. Oh, really? At some point, they were arguing with uh, the <laughs> actors. At some point, they were singing songs together with uh, uh, with the actors because there are also uh -huh. songs in the performance. Okay. Um, so it was quite an uh, uh, enriching and amazing experience for us as uh, theater artists. Uh, yes. Um, and we felt that uh, we felt that we try that uh, we the people sort of felt that we did justice. And so they Good. they were quite. Uh, I mean, we we didn't we haven't uh, found even one person who would say that. Uh, he was not pleased with what he saw. So people recognized themselves, recognized their stories, and felt that uh, we s they sort of regained their dignity when they have seen that these professional theater artists who perform uh, the, about their lives and about uh, their uh, their struggles. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And then and then now the more recent play, the mm -hmm. en Energy Vita Vitalia. Uh, yeah, yes. in Romanian, yeah. Energie Vitale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing English, but see, this is what's great about Romania is I can understand things at least a bit <laughs> yeah, much a better than than other countries. The Latin so. background. Yeah, the Latin background. It's great. Uh, so uh, okay, so uh, the, this uh, here we. Uh, Okay, so I had this. Uh, I I I had the feeling that the crisis will get worse. <laughs> okay, yeah, excellent. <laughs> because uh, we started uh, mm -hmm. because uh, I started the research about it uh, more than one year ago. So it was before the war. It was, uh, but of course, the prices were already rising, which is something yes. we tend to forget today. Yes. Uh, yeah. But they were already on the rise, and. Uh, so I started, but and I thought that uh, I I I I read a lot. Uh, uh -huh. I did uh, a lot of research. I collaborated uh, with um, a professor of economics and of uh, uh, of uh, energy and of energy studies. So he is an engineer, but uh, an economist as well. Okay, uh, excellent. And uh, who has uh, quite a I would say an informed. Uh, uh, yes. view towards the system and uh, I also uh, did interviews with other with other mm -hmm. uh, um, and both engineers and economists okay okay <laughs> uh, excellent. because uh, and many times uh, the perspectives were uh, uh, were not the same of course yes of course so not. Uh, yeah. and also um, and also I uh, collaborated with uh, Adina Marincha who is also his who's a researcher herself and uh, she did uh, uh, research on the online research of the um, 
discussions in the online uh, about uh, the prices uh, and who is capitalizing on it. Okay, right. And uh -huh. Who is uh, mm -hmm. and who is uh, defending which uh, perspective? Okay. And which was also very very interesting. Uh, um, I will talk about uh, what we have found out uh, later. But th so this was the research pro process, and then um, I realized that. Uh, I don't want to that if I would do if I would will would write the text myself it will be a quite um uh, maybe I will talk too much only about economics and okay. about energy and uh, I wanted to get also a more uh, maybe a more humane uh, perspective and a more emotional perspective and uh, so I uh, talked to uh, other three playwrights Alice Monica Marinescu, Bogdan Georgescu and Nicoleta Esinencu uh, Nicoleta is based in Chisinau, so in the Republic of Moldova okay. the other two are based in Bucharest and I asked, I gave them the research material and I asked them to write themselves their own perspective so basically the show uh, is built on and I, I wrote a text myself as okay well. yes so the show is based on four different texts written by four different playwrights um, each with their own approach and uh, it's interesting that uh, the texts are very different uh, and uh, two of them are very documentary based okay and they uh -huh. are really so they are really uh, based on uh, facts uh, let's say and trying to understand uh, the whole develop the whole problem with the rise in energy prices and um, but the other two are uh, quite uh, sci-fi they are dystopias uh, so they are dystopias about uh, one is the dystopia about uh, living in a society without electricity or where uh, access to electricity is scarce uh, and uh, how and it's about uh, a date and how is, uh, how is a date between a um, young uh, man and a young woman going on uh, without, uh, without, electricity? With, without electricity or uh -huh. scarce electricity? Uh -huh. And uh, the other one is uh, sort of a, in a farther future, let's say, in a future where the, uh, well, both uh, the electric energy but also the vital energy are rationalized by a system of robots uh, that, are, uh, trying, uh, that are controlling... Uh, the the quantity of energy that you spend oh really so so your your and what personal energy your physical energy yes, plus, the plus the electric energy, energy. So, the electric energy so there are uh -huh. these two dystopic uh, perspectives and then there are so yeah we've talked about your plays we talked about the market uh the role that the eu plays and i guess my big question for you is what is the way out from this um uh, and we talked about state intervention but socially and uh, I would say maybe through um, art as well, why, why is art important and in this crisis, this energy crisis, and why is it important that there's a theater uh, and a play, for example, or plays that engage with the topic of energy and society? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, regarding why is uh, art important uh, in the domain of uh, energy, well, um, in my opinion, art is a means of, uh, as Bertolt Brecht said, it's a means of educating and entertaining at the same time. And uh, all the studies in the last uh, years show that people learn best when they have fun. Uh, and so when they enjoy uh, what they are seeing or doing. So uh, that's what we try to do. So I would say that uh, the energy uh, domain is very opaque and it's very the, the people 
find it quite technical and don't think a lot about it. And uh, through art or through theater, we can uh, make it uh, more uh, understand. We can make people understand it and also give a message. And our message was quite uh, clear that uh, we need uh, public control of the energy system. That the energy system is something we all need, from the toilets to the internet. Nothing works without the energy. Without energy in the present day uh, um, society. So uh, uh, we all need it. Uh, so then we should own it in some, in one way or another. So the maybe it's not maybe state uh, control is not the best solution, but uh, is the least bad solution that we have so far. Uh -huh. And then maybe a follow-up question, since mm -hmm. <laughs> things are still working, is um, is what about renewables and, for example, energy communities? Do you think there's a place for that, or what's your view on that? I have to admit that I am quite uh, skeptical. So, of course, uh, at the small level, they are great and they work fine. And uh, the small communities uh, that do it uh, and become self-sufficient are great. But uh, I am quite skeptical that with the technology we have today, uh, we can uh, run uh, the whole system of eight, 8 billion people uh, through uh, small communities of uh, energy producers. And uh, so what we would need uh, is a huge investment in technology so that uh, we can find uh, renewable or sort of different renewable solutions on a planet level. But this can also be done only through state intervention, only through state, uh, re straight state funding of research. Okay, and also maybe so, a, a philosophical change on the state that consumers, the people, can choose their own technology and, and engage exactly, with it. Exactly, but uh -huh. this is also a, this is this is a, a sort of a yeah, it's a philosophical uh, shift, let's uh, let's say. But uh, I would say that the, the philosophical shift will come after the technological shift. First, we need the technology to do it, and then the ideas will follow in some way. The, the technology, but what we lack so far is the resources to finance the research, the research in the in the te in this technological domain or technical okay. domain. Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, David, thank you so much for your time and your patience today. <laughs> and I think we've recorded a really good episode, so thank you. Thank you, thank you as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We produce the My Energy 2050 podcast to learn about cutting-edge research and the people building our clean energy system. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please share it. And remember, each episode is equivalent to consuming 10 journal articles, one book, and 500 charts on how to implement the energy transition. And you get it all in less, usually, than 60 minutes for each podcast. Guaranteed. I can actually say no other podcast makes this guarantee. The more we spread our message of the ease of an energy transition, the faster we can make the transition. You can follow us on LinkedIn, where we are most active, on the My Energy 2050 page, or on Twitter and Facebook. I'm your host, Michael LaBelle. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.